Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. You know what I haven't done in a long time? I'm just sitting here, put the baby down by myself, um, Vanessa's out, and uh, it's been a long day, and I was going to do podcasting for my premium channel that I have to do, or um, I was going to do some things that uh, were under the umbrella of work, right? And I thought to myself, you know what I haven't done in a long time? I haven't posted something that like scares me, right? Yes, I uh, tanned my taint and took a picture of that. And I've done some other things that people may consider inappropriate. I don't know. Um, and, and some of that is just kind of shits and giggles. But uh, I haven't really in a long time shown myself or just... Um, you know that saying, dance like no one's watching? I haven't really talked like no one's listening. I used to do this all the time when I was on Tumblr via words. And, um, you know, I do this full time. So I'm posting products. Um, I'm posting videos uh, where I'm answering questions. You can get to, into a routine where content feels very safe and it just becomes things that you have to get done, it's work, right? And so I'm here tonight to just um, do something that kind of scares me. I'm not taking my clothes off. I'm not gonna um, lay on my back and do anything crazy, do anything ridiculous. Um, I'm gonna start with my first memory ever. What about that? My first memory ever was uh, about three, about uh, my daughter's age. And it was, I was in Korea and I remember I had a pee and I uh, was trying to wake up my brother and he wouldn't come with me. Like he brushed me off, right? Which was kind of foreshadowing because that's how our relationship was uh, during my adolescent teenage years. When you have a brother only a year or two older than you and you're young, uh, the brother doesn't usually want to hang out with you and so... Um, there's a lot of that, but anyway, so at age three and I think it was four or five, he didn't want to go with me. So I walked out by myself and this was back in the day where, where, when Korea was poor and, uh, before K-pop, before Hyundai, before Samsung, this is, this is 76 and, um, the bathrooms were outside and I remember opening the bathroom and it was rats everywhere. And so till today, or to this day, I'm afraid of rats. Like if I see a rat, I'm on the, on the counter within seconds, screaming. So uh, that's my first memory. I thought I would just throw memories at you. Another memory is I was in fourth grade and I remember we had these desks where we face each other. I don't know if you remember this, if you grew up uh, with these desks where there's like a four top and you sit, you know, all, all, all students sit around that, that desk and there was this cute um, 
cute blonde girl with freckles. And then there was this Hispanic girl, um, also cute. And they were like best friends. And then there was me. And I remember um, I would laugh with them and then I would stop. I would do this deadpan thing and they would laugh harder. And I remember, you know, I think I was like nine, the approval and validation that I got from making girls laugh. And uh, I remember feeling that at that age. And I was, I mean, I was, I was addicted. Another memory around maybe two years before, around seven, around the same, around the same time, I uh, I uh, got into a Chucky Chuck and Cheese, Chucky e. Cheese, Chucky e. Cheese breakdancing contest, and I remember um, we didn't win, but me and my partner um, we got second place, and I remember my mom and aunt showed up. I remember dancing and watching my mom and aunt, these two Korean ladies at Chuck E. Cheese, rooting for their uh, nine-year-old Korean son. And I remember even at that age, what that meant to me and how loved I felt. I don't think my mom has gone to any other thing in my life, like um, as far as school, I mean, besides graduation. Uh, But I remember that. I remember at age seven-ish um, telling my parents how babies were made. And I said that you, if you take a, uh, a light and you plug it into the socket, like the prongs of the light is inserted into the socket. And I didn't really even know what a penis and vagina was. I just, I just knew that there was that kind of thing. But if you took the, the prongs of a light and you put it into the socket and the light lit up, that it meant that you were going to have a baby. And that was the process. And I remember uh, my family getting such a kick out of that. Oh, Aju uh, John, Aju, my name wasn't John. Chulgi ga Aju, Aju They They said that was smart and they um, really applauded this metaphor from a seven year old. But it was actually the first it was the first hint that i was pretty good at metaphors because i remember then through high school and college always talking to friends and using metaphors and they would always be like oh fuck i've never i haven't seen it that way or oh that helps and even to this day even in my writing there's a lot of visual metaphors but it stemmed from seven years old explaining to my parents how babies were made. Hey, wanted to share with you something I'm super excited about. If you go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium, you not only get commercial free episodes, but also something I'm introducing called series, rotating wellness topics, but not only lessons, but what do we do with this information? How do we thread this into our life so we could change our life? Go to TheAngryTherapist.com forward slash premium. I remember when I was 12 um, and I had this uh, shitty huffy bike. I was the runt of the kids in the neighborhood. Um, there was a girl named Doreen. She was half white, half Hispanic. 
she was 16 and she was developed. I mean, she was like a woman, right? Curvy. And I was like 12, a little runt. And she was like the hot neighborhood girl that everyone had a crush on, all the, all the older kids. And she liked me. And I remember how special I felt because this 16 year old girl liked me. Um, she told me she had a dream about me and that's why she liked me. So <laughs> it wasn't even like a choice or a conscious. Uh, you know, you have a dream about someone and you have a crush on them for that day. I think that's what happened to her. And so she would ride my bike and I felt special. And we were at the beach once and uh, she took me way out, like holding me because I was tiny. And uh, I remember my elbow just like caressing her side boob. And I was like, oh my God, I'm touching a boob. And I remember what that felt like. And then we were at a party and she took me on the side of the house. I was terrified because we were alone. And uh, she said, give me a kiss. And I gave her a peck. And I remember she said, give me a real kiss. And she just like trying to jam her tongue down my throat. And she said, she whispered into my ears, I'm gonna jump your bones. And <laughs> this is the, I was so fucking scared. I ran, I wasn't ready for sex. I was like, oh my God, this girl's gonna take my virginity. And so uh, I, I just disappeared for weeks and I just played with my G.I. Joes. Um, and that's how, that's how that faded. And of course, when I saw her again, you know, she was probably dating some 18 year old uh, <laughs> that she met at the mall or something. Another memory, high school, me trying to be cool. I had this blue truck that was lifted and it was a two by, it wasn't a four wheel drive truck. It was a, a, a two wheel drive truck that was lifted to appear like a four wheel drive truck. So yes, I was a poser. And I remember I had the Stussy sticker on the back and I tried to be cool by, by turning the, um, the windshield wiper sprayer sideways. And when I hit the spray button, the windshield wiper sprayer would spray, would spray sideways instead of at your window. And I remember after football games, I would do donuts in the parking lot and spray the, uh, the cheerleader with uh, social distortion blasting on the radio. And I felt so cool. <laughs> Another memory. Dated this person. I was in my 20s, really fell deep, and uh, she was a virgin. And uh, we were dating, and she didn't want to lose her virginity until she got married. I was okay with it. And as someone who was, uh, I think I was like 26 or something, hor hormones bouncing everywhere. Um, I mean, you know, right? Well, if you're a guy, you might know. Um, so we would make out and then we would st I would stop. So uh, I tried that and I tried my best to just like stop um, and, and respect, you know, that she doesn't want to go further um, until she was married and I couldn't do it. And so I said, listen, I, I'm just, I'm, I, I can't do it. This is too frustrating for me. So I, I think we should just be friends, I, you know, um, but she didn't want to, so she stayed and I remember she said, okay, let's, you know, let's just have, let's just have sex. And she gave me permission. So we started making out, um, we had sex and here's my memory after how 
she was just sobbing and knowing her and her story that I had taken something from her that I had taken, even though she gave me permission and that she was, you know, saying, I want, I want to do this. The only thing she liked about herself, I took away. And I remember the guilt I felt. And I remember, oh my God, she didn't really want this and she did it for me. And of course you can't reverse it. But uh, yeah, that was kind of the beginning of the end of that. And and then, you know, I, I think that um, in now, you know, as someone who's 50, I think there's danger and also someone with a daughter um, this whole thing of praising virgins, right? This whole thing of that being of value, which then allows a little girl to determine her worth by that. And so even if she, you know, if she chooses to not be a virgin before she's married, the shame behind that, right? And I know I, you know, mostly from from religion, uh, the pressures of that. But I I think that whole virginity thing is very, can be very damaging to young girls. And I know because I was on the other side of witnessing someone who grew up very Christian and uh, being a virgin was like this. And, and, you know, she was kind of brainwashed because it was like this thing that um, they programmed into her that if you are a virgin, that you are pure or, you know, whatever, unstained, valuable, whatever. And um, her deciding to give that away came with consequences and her feeling horrible about herself and a lot of shame. And I think that many girls go through that because um, because of programming, you know. Another memory, I was getting my hours, becoming a therapist, felt very lost in the world, divorced, didn't have um, friends, a sense of self, took shitty jobs where I had to sign out to go to the restroom, um, wore wrinkle-free pants because I thought that's what a therapist does, tucked his shirt in. Anyway, when I got home, I would uh, blog on Tumblr and I would do this shit, right? Just um, be honest, be myself, do things that kind of scared me, didn't think anyone would read it. And uh, this was 2010, I think. Um, so I started getting some traction on, on Tumblr and I started help to help people via email. And this is before like social media, webcams, all of that stuff. Um, I think PayPal was just invented. Like the idea of someone sending you money via like digital, it wasn't even a thing. And I answered emails cause I didn't get as many emails as I get, got now, obviously. So, um, I really tried to be thorough and I remember this, uh, person going through a breakup emailed me and I wrote her back like pages and 
she PayPal'd me $20. And I remember crying that night because I had nothing. I was just renting a room somewhere in K-Town. Uh, she gave me $20. And, you know, the phones didn't have cam- cameras in. They're like, you know, flip phones and shit. So no broadband. I remember taking my own camera and recording myself, tears, sobbing. Um, and I said, if you don't make it about you, the universe will. Or maybe I said God, I don't know. But I said, if you don't make it about you, something greater will. And it wasn't the $20. It was that someone found me of value, right? My email to them meant something. It was worth, it was valuable to them. And so they gave me 20 bucks. I didn't ask for any money. Um, So that was the revelation. The other revelation was, oh my God, you can make money off the internet. And I remember this like yesterday and it was a pivotal moment in my life slash career. And from then on, I just went fucking gangbusters and started to answer questions and, you know, respond to emails and try to help people um, in any way that I could from my little room in K-Town. As much as I could before I had to go to work, right? And at work, I felt like Clark Kent pushing the mail cart. And then at home, uh, I called myself the angry therapist. I got to be a mad scientist. I got to express myself, show myself, work in unconventional ways. And I felt like I was given a cape. And that was the fork in the road. And I said to myself, I'm going to go with the cape guy because I've been pushing a mail cart for most of my life. And yes, I'm getting paid more money there. And on paper, that was the fancy job from rehabs, you know, from private rehabs in Malibu to um, bougie eating disorder, fancy eating disorder clinics in Pasadena. Um, I was like, I'm going to ditch all that. And I'm going to work in a way that's honest to me. So out goes the Dockers or whatever the fuck I was wearing. Um, I put on some jeans, black t-shirt, got on my motorcycle, and I said, uh, meet me at the coffee shop.